Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it at Leon Tailoring. You can get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. And we do plan to get into those issues. Those were some of the questions that we received tonight about um, some of those topics. So hopefully we'll be able to dive in a little bit more as well. We'll start with, you know, the big, big question why we're here tonight. Um, and I'm going to start with you, Ryan, since you have been um, prosecutor for, for three years now in Marion County. Um, it's been a tough three years, I think, fair to say. Um, do you believe that Marion County is facing a public safety crisis? Well, I think the biggest thing that we need to do is we need to improve on the numbers that we have. Uh, you know, if you look at the homicide numbers, they're trending down, uh, which I think is, is important. You know, and there's going to be a lot of discussion today about the prosecutor's office and the role of the prosecutor's office in our community. But one of the things that we can never lose sight of is what are the root causes of these issues? What causes someone to be involved in violent crime? What causes someone to be a victim in violent crime? What are those root causes? Is it poverty? Is it addiction? Uh, is it mental health issues? And so, I mean, those are the challenges that need to be addressed and be to be examined. Uh, no one's happy with where the numbers are as it relates to violent crime, but I think the one thing that I would point out is, you know, the prosecutor's office has been in a position to hold a number of people accountable over the last three years as it relates to homicide cases. We've never had higher conviction rates at trial when it relates to homicide cases, which is a reflection of the dedication of the people that I get to work with every single day. It's a reflection of the strength of the investigative branch of IMPD, and it's a reflection of the community. Uh, but we have a long ways to go as it relates to where we stand with violence right now in our community. Uh, we need to get better. We have to get better. And there's no one simple solution or one magic bullet, uh, but certainly we think that there are ways that we can improve if we continue to work with one another uh, and hopefully, you know, help turn around these numbers, uh, which are not just isolated to Indianapolis. And unfortunately, this is a nationwide problem that has impacted all communities. And I think the question is, how are we going to respond to this violence? And I think this is really an opportunity. It's a transformative time for the city of Indianapolis. If we make meaningful investments of addressing those root causes, we're going to be in a position to leapfrog many other cities that are, you know, we're currently competing against, whether it's for tourism dollars, economic opportunity dollars, uh, bodies just in terms of population flow. And so we have to take advantage of those chances and those opportunities right now. And Cindy, to you then, same question. You've already said, you know, yes, Marion County is facing a public safety crisis. Why, in your opinion? I absolutely uh, do believe that Marion County is facing a public safety crisis. All we have to do is uh, read the newspaper or listen to the news, and every day you are hearing at least one story of someone in our city, in our county, who has been the victim of gun violence, someone who has been stabbed, someone who has been shot. This is happening every single day. I want to share with you some of the stories that I've been hearing since I've started this campaign uh, for prosecutor. I've had many members of the community who have been reaching out to me, uh, who have looked me up and have 
countless stories of uh, situations that they've encountered where they were victims of crime. And that is absolutely unacceptable. But what's even more unacceptable is as I listen to the stories from individuals, for example, I had one person call me up and tell me, um, this was on a Tuesday, uh, that they had been uh, the victim of a DUI uh, or a person who had run over them in Irvington. They were clearly still processing through what had happened. And not only was it terrible that they said that this had happened to them, what was worse and the question that they posed to me was, Cindy, why is it that the individual who was on his fifth DUI was out on our streets and had the opportunity to do this to me? Why is it, Cindy, that this individual was out, he was arrested, and was out on our streets before I was even released from the hospital because I had broken bones? That's just one example. I had another individual who said that his wife, his house was burglarized and he was witnessing, he was out of town and witnessing the burglary happen in his, uh, through his video camera. The fear of this husband being unable to help his wife is absolutely indescribable. And again, the same thing. Why was the individual that was uh, arrested later found to be repeat person who was put out on our streets to further victimize members of our community? That is incredibly concerning to me. You know, people say, Cindy, downtown Indianapolis is the heart of our capital city. And despite what the numbers show, the perception that downtown Indianapolis is not safe is absolutely the reality. It is the reality for all of central Indiana. It is the reality for our entire state. But make clear, make thing, one thing clear. I am not running for prosecutor simply because of the perception of violence in downtown Indianapolis. I'm running for prosecutor because I'm hearing from people all over the community, from all over our county who are saying that they are the victims of crime. And the, the common thread is that their, their offender are repeat violent offenders that have been put back out on our streets to victimize them. And the question is, why are we asking ourselves, why is crime so high in Indianapolis when we know that we continue through plea deals from the Marion County Prosecutor's Office to put people back out on our streets? Now, I absolutely, you're going to hear me talk about the fact that I believe that public safety is the foundation to opportunity. It is the foundation to opportunity for our families to grow and to thrive. It is the foundation for our businesses to actually succeed and for our city to get back on track after dealing with a worldwide pandemic. Unless we get public safety back under control, the city of Indianapolis is not going to be on an upward trajectory. And in order for us to do that, we need to really think about what meaningful accountability means. Now, 
you're going to hear me talk about my platform. And in fact, if you've already heard me talk before, I am very much about accountability and meaningful accountability. When I say meaningful accountability, it is not a one-size-fits-all approach. Absolutely not. Accountability means different things for different people. I absolutely believe that we need to attack that root cause of what's driving that interaction with that individual with the criminal justice system. But I think it's a responsibility of the criminal justice system to hold that individual accountable for their actions. And for some, accountability might mean enrollment in drug treatment or mental health program. Or perhaps for others, it might mean enrollment in a problem-solving court. But what we've gotten away from in the Marion County Prosecutor's Office is having the ability to say that for some, accountability does mean incarceration. And that is part of the issue that is driving the rise in the violence in our city. I've said it before, this city is a world-class city. And I absolutely believe that there is an opportunity for us to address a lot of the ailments that our city is suffering from. We have a lot of issues from addressing education, healthcare, et cetera. But the first thing that we have to do is we have to address public safety. And we must do that by making sure that we are actually holding people accountable through meaningful accountability. We're never going to change. We're never going to move the needle on the, criminal, uh, on the crime crisis that we're facing if we continue to give plea deals to people that sends them back home so that it con they continue on a cycle of reoffending. I actually believe that's irresponsible because it's putting those people on a path of destruction. Um. Something top of mind for many people in the state of Indiana last Wednesday, Indiana's abortion law went into effect, a near total ban of abortions in the state of Indiana. Prosecutor Mears was there the day the Supreme Court decision came down and stated publicly that he would not prosecute women or providers with abortion-related charges. Why was it so important to be upfront about that on day one? The prosecutor's office should be used to help people. People go to the doctor because they need help. People go to the doctor because they want help. And to criminalize those interactions is not the role of the prosecutor and it's not the role of a doctor. It's 2022 and we're talking about taking away rights from people. We're taking away rights from women. We want to criminalize doctors. I hope everybody realizes the level of penalty that doctors are now facing. It's a level five felony. One to six years for a doctor, for a nurse, for somebody involved in our community who's trying to help people, who's trying to make a difference. That's not the role of the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. We're not here to prosecute women. We're not here to prosecute nurses. We're not here to prosecute doctors. And it was important for me to come out and say that because it's important to me that the people in this community feel like if they need help, they're always willing to pick up that phone and call a doctor, to call the police, to call the prosecutor's office and not be in fear of some sort of prosecution. It's incredibly important to me that we send that message to everybody 
in our community. And it was an easy stance to take, and I think it's an important stance to take as it relates to protecting individuals' rights, uh, because it's certainly a slippery slope, in particular with this legislature. And I think we, uh, as a community, need to stand up for women and make sure that we send a clear message to the rest of uh, the legislature and the rest of the state of Indiana uh, that we love women, we respect women, and we're going to protect their rights. And Cindy, then to you, how would you handle cases regarding this controversial topic? Absolutely. Well, as a woman, I'd like to start off by first uh, recognizing the fact that the issue of abortion is an issue that is incredibly personal and intimate. I also want to recognize the fact that I understand that the prosecutor's office role is to enforce the law. In fact, every prosecutor takes it an oath and swears that they will enforce the law. That enforcement doesn't mean picking and choosing which laws to actually enforce. To answer your question directly, how I would handle uh, cases related to abortion, I would handle those cases as I handle all others. Every case is different, and every case should be evaluated on a case-by-case -case basis. Prosecutors are afforded prosecutorial discretion so that they may make the decisions that make the most sense and hope to come out with the, um, with the, best, uh, the best possible decision. I want to make thing, one thing crystal clear, though. I also will not prosecute women because the law does not require that. It is incredibly important that despite the fact that there keeps people keep talking about the prosecution of women, that is absolutely not what the law requires. Now, I also want to make clear, Again, you're going to hear it over and over tonight. My number one priority, my reason for running for office is the fact that people in our city are dying in record numbers. That is why I'm running. I'm not interested in pursuing doctors or nurses for abortion issues or people who are using a joint of marijuana. My number one reason for running is to fight the violence that is plaguing our city. Now, it's important for me to share that as a woman, I can tell you what is also going to be a priority under a Cindy Carrasco administration. And those are issues that are also very important to women. The issues of domestic violence. Our city was rocked. My life was rocked last week when Crystal Walton, a woman who was simply dropping off her children, on the west side of Indianapolis was gunned down at a daycare center. I didn't know Crystal, but as a woman, as a mother to Sarah, my daughter, who is right there, that hit close to home. And it is incredibly important that the prosecutor's office focus 
all of their resources on those cases to make sure that we get them right so that there is no more Crystal Waltons in domestic violence cases. Prosecutor Mears, last month the local FOP announced a vote of no confidence um, with Mary, with yourself. Um, if, if elected, do you address, would you like to address this lack of confidence? What would you also like to say to members of the police department um, who feel this way? Well, for me, there, there, there are two big differences here. There's the IMPD and then there's the FOP. Uh, as it relates to the IMPD, you know, we work with the police department every single day. Uh, we're going to file uh, probably 30,000 cases this year, and every single one of those starts with a probable cause affidavit submitted by the, uh, a law enforcement agency here in our county. And so we're able to work with law enforcement, and I think one of the things that you see is uh, we're able to work with them pretty successfully. And you can see that in our conviction rate numbers. Uh, just today, I mentioned the two convictions that we had at jury trial today. The first witness we called in both of those cases was a law enforcement officer. Uh, and we were able to secure those convictions. And so we're always able to work uh, with our law enforcement partners. Uh, but the other part of it is I'm going to be independent of the police department. Uh, and the community wants an independent prosecutor, which I'm going to be. And... The FOP represents people who are accused of crimes by the prosecutor's office. Uh, and so there's going to be uh, some tension inevitably when we're the ones who have to make decisions as to whether or not a police officer should be charged. Uh, but you know, in terms of us being to work with people, we're, we're working with law enforcement around the clock. We have prosecutors who are on call in every uh, division and unit to make sure that we're in a position to answer those calls from law enforcement. Uh, but at the end of the day, the community, and they've made this very clear to me, is they want to make sure that the prosecutor's office is independent. And that regardless of where you work, if you commit a crime, someone's going to be willing to stand up and charge that person and follow through with the conviction, which we did earlier this year as it relates to an officer uh, who had an incident with a, a student at Short Ridge High School. Those are the things that we're willing to do because it's important to us that we are independent uh, and the community needs and wants an independent prosecutor. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.